camp is kind of like an island. As much as possible, you're separated from real world in a way. And you get to leave a lot of your baggage at home. And at least for me, I find that you're truly yourself at camp, you know? Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? Do you think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Welcome to another installment in the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. And I'm Matt. And this is episode number 13, Bug Juice Season 1, Part 2. Yep. What? <laughs> yeah, our first two-parter. There was just like so A much... historic moment in yeah. the greatest moments in the history of forever. Um, Just so much to say, really. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, it should have been three parts. <laughs> so we left off with the conclusion of session one, uh, which lasted basically the first four weeks or so of summer. And now twelve episodes of the show about to start and uh, <clears throat> complete shake up. Yeah, each. The Hill 4, which is the girls' cabin, and Grove 4, which is the boys', they each lost about half of their members, and now we have some new people coming in, really shaking up the dynamics of each cabin. Yeah. Um, the girls get uh, Cammy, Molly, <laughs> Sarah, and... Asa's sister, Anna. Anna. And, and Annie. And Annie. And uh, so they at one, you know, they start out with nine uh, to start the second session, and then the boys get uh, a bunch of dudes that no really, one cares about. They don't care about. Yeah, uh, I don't even remember most of their names. Like Loser Justin nerds, douchebags, yeah, and some other people. Right. Um. So, Cammy becomes like the instant star. Well, there's one bunches. important dude. Andy. Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Later. So, <laughs> Cammy becomes like the instant star just of the show. Firecracker. I mean, she's probably like what? Like 4'8". <laughs> and she's yeah. so short. Right. She's really skinny. Yeah. But she is like a... Never-ending fun. Yeah, a ball of energy. Yeah. Uh, she has the most outgoing personality that I've maybe ever seen on a television <laughs> show ever. I mean, right. just... It's even like as a viewer watching this almost 20 One years of the after greats. the fact, it's very hard not to just like her and to understand that everyone else automatically likes her. Yes. Um, and she really, I, in my opinion, she really is what turns the girls' cabin around and surges really them. galvanizes, the brings everyone together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she has this very infectious, positive attitude and... Even, I think, like, Luna and... Uh, who's the other? Annie. Annie, the other girl counselor. Even they're, like, I think... Who is swept this up in, Yeah, they're just like, whoa. I mean... I think Cammie loosens everybody up. How can you be around Cammie and be all uptight? You can't do it. Excuse me, I'm not obnoxious. <laughs> Cammie. <laughs> wow. She is enthusiastic for every activity, every adventure-bound yeah. activity, every stupid game they come up with even on the spot like she's the everything. aforementioned uh star point guard that we referenced in the yeah she stars on the uh girls basketball team a team that in the one game we're basically shown beats another like camp 100 to th- 2 <laughs> well, it was like 36 to 2 or well, something yeah, like yeah that. i knew it was something like that but like and i think like in my opinion cammy's a big reason why i like session two more than session one yeah um, she really pops. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, the other girls are fine. I mean, they're more, they're probably not, not all of them necessarily get involved in major storylines, but they seem more fun, I guess, than some of the girls that left. Yeah. There's an immediate, uh, as soon as you meet kind of like Cammy and Molly and Sarah, it's implied that they're all kind of like friends, right? Which is seemingly an issue for the girls. It's weird for the girls from session one because they're faced with this, we're like supposed to be a group with all these inside jokes, but the new girls are the group with all the right. like, yeah, yeah. Because the four that were left over didn't have that big of a connection. No, um, well, f- or at least who that- was it? Uh, Caitlin, Keisha, Stephanie, Sarah. Sarah. Okay, yeah, and I mean Sarah, Sarah and Keisha-, Keisha, and to a lesser extent, Caitlin were all friends, but like they didn't have like. I mean, Sarah and Stephanie were literally in a blood feud. Right. Over Connor. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some tension, and you can't really see Caitlin getting along super well with Stephanie. Or anyone. (laughs) Um, We didn't address in part one Keisha and Sarah, their uh, little uh, singing group that performs at many of the talent shows. Talent, I don't know if is an accurate. Yeah. Didn't seem to be an, enough talent behind it to really justify it, but but they were having fun. That's all yeah, that matters. Whatever. <laughs> um, like that, and like I said, the new guys that come in, um, there's a little bit of a group, a pre-existing group between a, the blonde and the one I can't even remember his name. Not Max, but the other dark-haired new kid, and like, yeah, they're just forgettable. Terrible. They seem very immature. They, Ass they clowns. Have very like girly voices like they're just very <laughs> girly voices. i mean they're just like very they seem yeah. like they seem more on aces sort level. of like effeminate yeah so that kind of sets the stage for session two um Rhett, you know is in disarray yeah he's in full on kind of yeah falling apart he thought he had so, he finally got everything together and now it's just like falling into just fucking disrepair this group well it seems like there's some pre-existing tension because one thing that they don't spend a whole lot of time on on this show is the fact that a lot of these kids were here in previous years. Not all of them, but some of them. Yeah. And there seemed to be like a pre-existing feud between John and some of these new people. Because John seems like a wazi out of lifer. Like he, or at least he acts that way. Like, yeah, he kind of thinks he's like, uh, like Ryan Reynolds from Waiting. Like, just the coolest guy at shenanigans. Or like the, or Ryan Reynolds from Adventureland. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or Ryan Reynolds from anything ever. (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, John seems like he's like the big man on campus in his mind. And for whatever reason, he didn't like a couple of these new kids from the That's true. Ryan Reynolds and Van Wilder, too. It's like, we get it, dude. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so, yeah, the guy's cabin is kind of just a mess, but... The real villain of the entire yeah. series becomes clear. I think at this point, John kind of like subtly hateable throughout. Yeah, just off-putting, obnoxious. Douche. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely acting well, cooler than he is. So there's the big moment that you're building to, but also during Rhett's little like fucking group powwows. Let's talk about how cool it is that we're so tight with each other. For some reason, like every episode. Every episode. And like a bunch of times when they do this, like John just wants to bury the aforementioned twelve year old Asa. Well yeah, that's what I was building. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Well no, we're well, getting to, to me that. we're getting to that's that. the real villain. We're yeah, well we're okay. we're, we're okay. working our all way right, there. Right. Yeah. The they're encouraged to vent any kind of problems or issues, yet John is the only one that ever seems to do it. Yeah. And for whatever reason he picks on asa for being like a little bit immature and a little bit of a follower and a little bit of a tag along. and he might be immature because he's three years younger than all, uh, his comrades yeah and to this point and this might be you know mostly just the version of, of the events that we're seeing on tv but it's not really you know we, i don't think any viewer at home would have reached this conclusion on their own i don't no. think anyone I don't think it's obvious to anyone that Asa has done anything particularly egregious. No. And for whatever reason, you know, John 
feels like he's an easy target and yeah. goes after him in these like huddle up sessions at the end of the <laughs> night and like really everyone's just, just sort of comes like, off as just a douche yeah and i mean some of the other older kids are just like yeah you know what asa that is annoying and like later <laughs> i guess asa tries to tone it down and i guess this is still session one because john's uh right hand man andy kind of there's a confessional at some point that he's like Asa really tried to chill out or whatever, and I really appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, shut up. Yeah. Dude. But yeah, it continues over into session two because... John just can't stop telling Asa how much he hates him publicly. Right. So like uh, a new kid, Andy, who we'll come back to later, he kind of sticks up for he him kinda... a little bit. and kinda... Oh, Andrew, yeah. Wait. No, I'm talking about Andy with the hat. Oh, Andy sticks up for him? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He kind of becomes, like, friendly with Asa. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, like, yeah, Andrew, who's been there the whole time, who's, like, kind of the theater kid. Yeah. Not in, like, a an effeminate way, but, like, in a, I want to be in the play. Right. Because this is my only chance to do anything. Yeah. Because I'm not really popping anywhere else. But Declaring like, himself the best singer in camp. <laughs> despite no one Keisha caring. and Sarah. <laughs> um. Yeah, Andrew sticks up for Asa in the one huddle obsession. It's pretty funny because he, yeah. he kind of mocks everyone in a way because he's like, he's just trying to do what you guys are trying to do, you know, trying to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, LOL, yeah, right. He's got some other issues we need to talk about. Well, I think me personally, I'm having a problem with Asa. And you're really starting to get on my nerve. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry if this is so blunt. But I, I really don't know any other way to say this. I mean, you're overplaying all of our jokes. You're, you're tagging along. And I mean, I, I really have no other way to say this. But I had to get that off my chest so it doesn't get any bigger or anything like that. You're not comfortable accepting Acer right now because of the things he's doing. Exactly. Some of the things he's doing are just getting on my nerves. And that's, that's okay to point out, man. That's definitely all right to point out. But do it with some sensitivity because that's not easy for anyone to hear. Okay, and, and and understand that. He's doing the same thing that you guys are doing. He's just trying to, you know, act cool or whatever. So this is like, this all sets the stage for John being uber hateable. <laughs> just like, yeah. you're just like, oh, you're enough like, oh, okay, with this, Yeah, because you can kind of give me, all right, you guys get a little annoyed with Asa. He's a few years younger than you. He's cramping on your style. You're trying to, like, talk to chicks, and he's just coming up and being like, hey, you guys want to play wiffle ball or whatever? And it's like, no, get out of here, dude. I'm trying to, like, yeah. work an angle here. But, like, okay, we get that. But it's like, do you really have to, like, publicly – shame him in front of the entire group it's not, on a nightly basis it's not a coincidence that john is the only one right that's actually yeah takes that opportunity to bury someone yeah um so now i mean at this you want to get into burials <laughs> so at this point john is firmly like completely hateable like he had yeah. been subtly hateable <laughs> all along and now it's just like you've reached your limit with him yeah and then it it goes to the next level to the point where I mean he should have had his throat slit while right. he was asleep. Yes, for what's about to happen. <laughs> so Andrew, despite being um, older, uh, I think he lists his age as like fourteen and a half. Yeah, which is weird because he's <laughs> one of the only people that went with that half move, which I think I stopped doing when I was six. But like. He's older, he seems more mature, but... A little geeky, but still kind of well put together, like... Yeah, he seems... His biggest concern is girls. Yeah. Um, he has it in his head that everyone else is getting a girlfriend, which is probably not true. No. When you feel like... Mostly Connor and then later Andy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're probably worse I mean, some Hassan other... is swatting chicks away, but... Yeah, I mean... I'm sure there were other little relationships that right. would develop here and there or whatever that weren't really yeah. covered on the show. But, but here's like, the thing, Andrew. You don't want anything to do with it anyway. It all ends badly. I mean, just just have fun. Just do your plays. You know what? <laughs> don't worry about these chicks. That's my man. <laughs> so, yeah, he um, he confesses to the camera that he would really like to have a girlfriend. And, I mean, who could blame him? I mean, that is one of the major, I think, appeals of summer camp is to have the temporary girlfriend that 
both you and the girl understand deep down that this isn't going to be something permanent. So like, I never understood that. <laughs> well, like the girl, I think like that's why these relationships yeah. happen because the girls are a little bit more carefree and not as guarded as they might be like back at school. You right. know what I mean? Like everyone's kind of open to the idea of this like little temporary relationship. And like he wants one too, which is fine. Yeah. Um, so he goes out. He tries out for the the big play, and he and let's make sure week. we set the stage right because when they post on like a bulletin board who got what parts, John is sort of lingering in the background. He's like right there, with and Andrew. he kind of like sees Andrew's name on there. So Leonis is like, "Oh, congrats, buddy! Look at you! You kill! Yeah, you're the lead!" Like acting like he's his best friend. Kind of, like you can tell though. There's like a little bit of like jealousy. Jealousy, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, he's, this, this guy's from my bunk. I'm his friend. Yeah. Like, look, everyone pay attention to Andrew. My boy but, nailed the lead. Yeah. 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 Um, so this presents an opportunity because I believe they're doing Romeo and Juliet or something. Yeah. And we are introduced to Liz, who's not from one of the main cabins that we know. When I first met Liz, we just met and I felt happy. We were friends. It made me feel good when she was around. She's a girl who I guess is Juliet, and she's got braces, but she's like kind of cute and yeah. seems pretty attainable for a guy like Andrew. I mean, she's not like someone where you would look at her and go like, "Oh yeah, Andrew doesn't have a shot." Like it <laughs> seems pretty real, and they're going to be spending a lot of time together rehearsing the play, and they get to do a kiss on stage and all the whole thing. And it seems written in the stars. For Andrew here. Yeah. And this is his moment. He he through the use of the camera confessionals and whatnot, we understand that he would like this to happen. Yes. Um which leads to you know, as we mentioned in part one, there's a dance every other night. Right. Is it's hard to tell. So, I believe it's before the play. Yeah. Even happens. Yes. And kinda like it he's kinda like letting it be known amongst the bunk, like Hey, I think I'm going for this tonight. And you know, his his dude bunkmates very supportive, including John, being like, "Dude, you got to go for it, man. Listen, you can't just sit around and like think that stuff's going to happen for you. You got to go for it. Trust me, dude. I can tell she likes you. Go for it." <laughs> Andrew gets all talked up, right? Goes to the dance and for some reason, it's just not really like happening. He's like a little standoffish, and then and Liz is a two bit whore. Yeah, she just grinding up on everyone in sight. Right. When I saw the rest of my cabin dancing with Liz, I felt really upset to see that they knew that I liked her, and it didn't seem to phase them at all. I definitely wasn't aggressive because if I was, I probably could have gotten in there too. But I was just like, Ugh. and just daggers like in the heart of Andrew, and and it's almost like she's doing it at Andrew. <laughs> Is that too? Is that, I don't know. Can can we not? <laughs> no, I I agree with you that, the, but I'm wondering if that's just how it's presented. Okay, yeah. Um, and it's all capped off with her grinding on none other than john who clearly is now making a move or at least we're led to believe right he's making and this move on okay so at first sight a little shocking we already know john's like a douchebag but you, you still didn't really but you don't really get the full effect of the fucking backstabbing that's going on until we get john's confessional reveal she really wasn't his girl she was nobody's girl and i mean I just had a better chance at asking her out. Right. Which is him talking to the camera saying, well, you know, I had a better chance than Andrew, so I just kind of had to go for it. He wasn't really going to do anything. Now. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. I mean, what a move. Like, just this. (sighs) It leads me to think, Did how long had John been kind of working behind the scenes for Liz. Like, did he, he already knew, like, he must have already known, like, there was something between him and Liz. 
But the thing is, it's never really clear if beyond that night anything ever happens. Well, because it's like we never really see or hear from her again. All I know is fucking John sitting in here night after night just trashing Asa, talking about how he's cramping everybody's style, kind of ruining the friendships of everybody. Meanwhile, it's like if I was Andrew, I would be organizing like – you know, Andrew kind of takes it like as good. I mean, you can tell he's like distraught from it. He ends up talking to like one of the older counselors about it. And the older counselor's just like, hey, man, bitches be cray, like basically. And like, I don't know, man. If I'm Andrew, I am like organ. I'm like getting Asa. I'm getting like, I'm getting a whole posse. Yeah. And we are fucking in the middle of the night, tying John down to his bed, filling up some tube socks with bars of soap, and just fucking. <laughs> unloading <laughs> yeah i mean maybe even like cut his dick off or something. <laughs> something like you know disney channel approved just so much like oof, so many feelings coming out of that brutal it was it's what it's one of the more difficult parts of the show to watch but it's also what makes the show so great is <laughs> that kind of stuff yeah um does Andrew find love by the end? It's kind of unclear. Not really. It kinda shows him He's kind of walking around with, with like girls. a goofy hat. Oh, well, he does. I don't know if it's like love, but he finds companionship in new girl Annie. Right. Who's That's, also like a play chick. Yeah. Because I actually, I'm not even sure. I think the Liz thing might even happen in session one. I'm not even 100% yeah, sure. Yeah. Because she may, I, for some reason, I seem to recall her as maybe leaving after session one. I don't know. We great. don't really check back in with her too much after the whole Yeah, but I think like when they're showing debacle. people leaving, they might show her leave. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, I could be Good way riddance. off on this. But. <laughs> Poor yeah, Andrew. Annie comes in to be the new uh, play girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, her and Andrew kind of have something going on, but it's never really addressed again. So we don't know if Andrew found happiness at Waziata <laughs> or not. Um, the other big moment to happen early in session two is the departure of one of the girls. Um, we haven't talked yes. about this yet, but... All the campers get the opportunity to ride in a van to a place called Shaner's, <laughs> which is a restaurant. Hey, are you going uh, into town? Yeah, it's off of the it's off the campus. It's its own little restaurant. It's called Shaner's. Uh, they get four dollars to spend, which seemingly can get them basically anything from Shaner's. <laughs> like they kind of have yeah, the like, value meal is just like a burger, fries, a shake, and a, like an ice cream like platter. Yeah, it seems like they're getting a lot for their money. Yeah. Um. It goes well for the girls. Shaner's shockingly no longer in business. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we looked it up. Maybe if they did that $2 up camper. Um, yeah, so in session one, even though the girls weren't as tight, seemingly, it went pretty fine for them. We never see the guys do it, except uh, in the scrapbook, they do show some of the guys eating at Shaner's, so they yeah. obviously get to go too, but... We only get to experience the girls' trips. They probably were thinking, like, when they were filming this, like, oh, we'll do the guys' trip for session two. But then the girls' trip Some drama. turned into big a the big event. Yeah. And so we got the girls' trip again, this time with all the new campers um, and seemingly everyone really having a good time and getting along great. And something, just, something goes wrong with Sara. Not just... <laughs> Not sitting right with her, yeah. It seems like, and they do a pretty good job of explaining this in that episode. Um, it seems like a lot of things building yeah. up for her. It it it's all like the, the tipping point is the trip to Shaner's <laughs> because uh, some of the girls really singing loudly in the van on the way home, all on their like sugar high. <laughs> you know, a lot of energy. Cammy leading the charge of. The theme song of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, they're all singing the Fresh Prince of Bel Air song, and uh, Sara is annoyed. I guess uh, <laughs> yeah. she uses the excuse of like, "Well, Caitlin has a headache. You need to shut up." But like, it seems more personal. Like, it's yeah. not. There's not really much justification beyond she's just having a rough go of it. And when they the van gets back to the camp, she 
bolts out of the van and starts walking down the road. <laughs> Just down this wooded trail. Everything. It's just it's like everything that builds everything. Everything builds up. And I mean, it's it's not even one reason. You pick one out of all the minis. It's no little stuff. Cause little stuff adds up to big stuff. She said that she was homesick, and a lot of things that came out were just things that built up. And unlike whenever Caitlin insisted upon leaving in session one, this time. Sarah's getting out of there one way or another. Yeah. There's a whole meeting. Luna, or lunatic as commonly referred to, needs to like meet with like the higher-ups. And they right. really got to... like. And they're just like, well, let's just get her on a plane back to Philly. Yeah, we got to get her out of here. Yeah. She's causing determined a to leave. Yeah, she just, she just refuses to be there. Kind of an emotional goodbye from everyone in Hill 4. Um, even the new girls, for whatever reason, seem very emotional. Cammy weeping openly. <laughs> um, Cammy just likes everybody. Yeah, even though it's like you could look at what happened and be like, "Well, Cammy's like a big reason why she's leaving." But I, well, I she's pulling a move out of Stephanie's book. I don't really think that's the case, though. Yeah, I just yeah. think like she wanted to leave here regardless of what was happening. Right, and so the girls are back down to eight, which is a little suspicious because. That seemed like the number that they were going for the whole time anyway, and then all of a sudden, like, they randomly had nine for a little bit, and then one of them leaves, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> well, actually, no, Conspiracy. I guess... I guess, like, Ace's sister is, like, a late addition, seemingly. Anna. Um, But whatever. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I can relate, I guess, to Sarah just wanting to leave. Like, sometimes you just reach the <laughs> limit, and you're yeah. just like, I just have it's to get like, out of this. like, all right, yeah, I just want to go home. It's like, I've already been to Shaner's twice. It's like, you know, all the good stuff is over now. <laughs> if I have to go on one more stupid adventure-bound trip uh, in the middle the of nowhere. adventure-bound trips are the worst. Except this one in season two. Not that the adventure-bound trip makes it great, but, I mean, it's basically like MTV's spring break. Like, yeah, except with a lot more adult supervision, but, yeah. like... And less whipped cream bikinis. <laughs> so, like, what happens is uh, it's a co-ed adventure-bound trip where they get to leave camp to do, you know, some camping Bullshit. or whatever. <laughs> and it's a bunch of kids and they from Hill 4 and Grove 4, and they take a big canoe trip down, like, a river, I guess. I'm not really sure where they Yeah, going. I don't know. And they go to an island. Now, there's sparks flying everywhere at this point. We got, like, <laughs> Hassan turning down, like, another chick who ace's sister Anna. yeah yeah and like hassan i don't know I, I still don't really know what's going on here because like we got malik playing both sides of the fence he's like hassan's boy and he, he's like telling anna like yeah Go for it. yeah hassan likes you you know i can basically be the middle which i did like think i mean when we were watching this i was like thinking back to like middle school and they're always being like a middle person between right. the two people who liked each other it's like yeah, i know yeah oof. <laughs> Too bad we can't go back to the Yeah, days. I know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how about you just tell that girl that I like her and Let's uh, see what happens. I, yeah. <laughs> um but Malik is like, yeah, I'll talk to and which again, later on at one of like Rhett's like fucking group huddles or whatever, Hassan is like, "Malik, what the fuck are you saying? Like, why are you like speaking for me and stuff?" I, I it's unclear what is going on with Hassan and Anna really, but yeah, like, he kind of seemed somewhat interested, and then all of a sudden was like, no. Yeah. And, I mean, Hassan He was just seem- like, look, dude, at the end of the day, she's a chick, and she annoys me, so. Yeah, I mean, Hassan seems like a bit of a player, and I, I doubt that he had much trouble with chicks back home, but, like, <laughs> Anna's, you know, pretty cute. I mean, she's... She's a good egg, yeah. I, I think she's a good get for a camp girlfriend. It's not <laughs> like you really have to commit very much to her, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I don't see what the problem is with like making out with her for like a you know a week or two until this, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> some holding hands, you know, some heavy petting sessions <laughs> behind a tree or nah, something. I think Pino would be breaking that up real quick. <laughs> um, but also on this adventure bound trip, that's like the most minor of the. Yeah, I mean, compared to the big story, that's like nothing really. There's the big story, but before the big story, <laughs> we have. Malik and Cammy, 
Right. Now, Cammy has a boyfriend named she, Gus. Yes. Who's from another cabin. Poor we Gus, don't really know Gus. much yeah. about Gus. Right. Yeah. Um, it's only revealed to us in this episode that she has a boyfriend. Yeah, which does She's make- been at camp for two weeks. She's got a fucking boyfriend. I don't know. <laughs> like, Why wouldn't she I don't have know. a boyfriend? Though? Yeah, right. I mean, so it's just revealed to us. She's like, well, you know, I've got this boyfriend, Gus. He's a nice guy. And like to, immediately to myself, I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. I've heard this before. <laughs> the familiar yeah, nice you know, guy. Like, and she's like, all of a sudden I was noticing I was getting a little attention from Malik. And I was trying to kind of like fight it off. But... You know, she would eventually succumb to his wily charm. I felt so awful, but I was, like, still into Malik. Malik was like, well, if you dump Gus. And I was like, yeah, if I dump Gus, but... And he was like, we'd go out. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was sort of like, I'd like that better. And Yeah, I mean, it's that they're alone on an island, basically. Yeah, like, they, yeah those adventure-bound weekends, it's like... They're set up to break up relationships, <laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or start new ones or right, whatever. Right, right. Um, so... There's, at one point, there's a whole kind of chain of rubbing shoulders, <laughs> like girl guy, girl guy, which, I don't know. It was a pretty like salacious weekend for these kids. Yeah, the big story is over the new uh, camper, Andy, uh, who's different from the old Andy. Yeah, uh, he's, he's Connor very, number two, basically. Yeah, he's basically the new Connor. He's kind of quiet. Uh, wears hats and acts tough slams the screen door when he walks out of the bunk so you know like right up stephanie's alley right away (laughs) yeah she's got her he seems nice and strong (laughs) the only difference though this time is it's pretty clear that new camper sarah likes andy um we were trying to remember uh from session one what the exact deal was between Sarah, Connor, and Stephanie. Like, if I think probably Sarah did declare that she liked Connor first, and then but, kind of backpedaled. Yeah, this time though, Sarah and Andy definitely spend a lot of time together. Uh, Sarah's really putting in the minutes, really, <laughs> yeah, trying to get this to happen. And Andy would later claim that he didn't know. I was talking to Thread about. The things that were going on at the island was just messed up because I didn't know Sarah liked me and I like Stephanie. I'm like, I don't know. I was asking him what he thought. When Andy got back, I was glad to see that he was going to talk to me and ask me for advice. And I just said to him, look, if you know who you like, go for it. Rhett told me he thought I should like give it a shot and like, ask her out. That Sarah liked him, but the shots of him flirting with her. Right. I mean, come on. And, you know, Caitlin and some of the it's other like, nice girls try, definitely Andy. pointing it out yeah. later on. Right after the fact, yeah. Um, Caitlin's kind of like the always like omniscient presence of just like <laughs> calling people out for their bullshit, which I appreciate. She picked that right up from like Sarah and Kesha. Yeah, yeah, Kesha, Keisha. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, it's got like the feeling of inevitability when you sit when this <laughs> when the love triangle is presented. Yeah, you kind of see you where know this exactly is headed. Where yeah. it's headed. <laughs> And it doesn't disappoint. Right. Um, <laughs> Stephanie decides she likes uh, Andy as well. And, right. And uh, whatever she wants, she gets. Yeah. So here we is. go again. Part two. And S- Sarah is kind of just like, and I'm going to point this out now because this will come up. This will definitely come up later when, when we talk about the Where Are They Now video. But <laughs> Sarah is, she's definitely someone that hasn't found, she hasn't reached her her full potential yet she's in that awkward uh puberty she was tall stage and, yeah. and she's kind of gangly got like braces and like you know she's she's definitely like you know someone who's kind of like like yeah. she she's very awkward <laughs> right yeah the word yeah. i'm looking for. yeah there she's you go extremely awkward <laughs> yeah and it's kind of heartbreaking in a way because when it becomes clear that she's not gonna win this competition with stephanie that her kind of sad resignation, like just, just like knowing, that yeah. It's over. Well, yeah, I knew once Stephanie got involved, right? It's like she thought, and I think there was probably like a brief moment in time where she felt like the flirting between the two of them was like enough, right? But she thought she was not only did she think she had like the inside track, but you know, she 
she thought like she was the only one. Right. Like she thought this was like free and clear. Stephanie once again sniping from afar. (laughs) Yeah. And so we're still on the island while this is playing out, and you know, Stephanie does her usual move, and it's funny that like Caitlin or Keisha, the only two left now who were there from session one. I don't think Keisha was there. No. She was one of the people that stayed back. Right. And I I thought maybe Caitlin was, but Caitlin later is talking about it as if she was there, so I'm assuming maybe. Well I think some of these uh, yeah, I mean the storyline seemingly transcended the adventure bound trip. But yeah, yeah, I mean really Stephanie I mean, most of her posse not around. I mean, if the if Sarah wanted to organize like a group beat down on Stephanie, it seemingly could have happened. Well, I'm just pointing but, out that there was no one around to call Stephanie out for doing the same move that yeah. she did in session one, which yeah. is start to cry, and ultimately Sarah is the one trying to comfort Stephanie, which is just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the insane thing. Is like Sarah clearly heartbroken by this whole thing. Andy and Stephanie are inevitably going to become a couple right in front of her face. She's upset by it. She kind of makes it known to everyone that she's upset by it, which leads Stephanie to cry and become the victim of her own fucking bullshit game. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just a master stroke every time by Stephanie. And the other girls just aren't at her level. Like, they just can't... They don't operate there, so they don't... They they can't... They don't know how to defend and... They haven't learned the game yet. Right. And so Sarah just kind of left out on her own and kind of similarly to Andrew kind of just becomes like a ghost of a figure for the remaining episodes. Yeah, kind of just very, like a shell at that kinda point. Kind of numb to reality. Although she does have a moment post all this stuff where it seems like she's kind of resigned, but she does have that reveal back when they get to the bunks. Well, yeah, I think that might be the same episode. Yeah, yeah, but... But it's it's after the the trip. They're back yeah. at like the bunk, and she kind of has this great, just like emotional moment, and reveals like like I don't know. I just something that like this is just something that really hurt me, and I don't want to hear about Andy. I don't want to hear about you and Andy. Makes me feel sick to see you and Andy together because I'm like, oh well, that could have been me. I. I don't even want to, like, look at you. It, it makes me sick to think about you, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see you together yeah. on the playground or basketball court or whatever she said. <laughs> it, it makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> Which is a great yeah. reality show moment. Right. Um, it's hard. But, it, like, the weird part about this is, like, we hate John, like, so much. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's hard to even hate Stephanie. Well, we fall for it. We fall for her game, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Once we see her start tearing up and telling the confessional, like, well, you know, I just always liked Andy. And, I mean, it wasn't, like, you know, nothing against Sarah, but, like, he was the one that pursued me. You know, like, it's, like, that kind of right bullshit <laughs> that I still fall for. Um, So, even though Session 2, it gets short shrift in terms of episodes, it does not get short shrift in terms of drama. No. Lots of different things going on. Um, Some of the campers have been there now, you know six seven eight weeks you know shit's bound to go down getting restless yeah (laughs) yeah we kind of there's kind of like some a lot of farewell stuff like the last couple episodes seemingly all dedicated to it being the end of camp yeah they they do start acting like it's over before it's even over (laughs) but yeah they have like their big they have like these weird big competitions at the end of each session that are kind of like annoying for in terms of episodes like who it's like a competition but you don't even know anything about it and then just at the end of the segment someone's declared a winner and it's like all right well all right yeah the yellow team or like what even decided who was on what teams because it wasn't like segregated by bunks no um (laughs) yeah and i mean you know an emotional ending for everyone yeah uh i i mean i'd love to know more like i'd love to know who all came back who stayed in touch with each other you know what happened i mean rhett likes writes like a final letter 
to bunk four, which is basically like Lou Gehrig's like speech. <laughs> like today, I consider myself the luckiest counselor. Rhett pretty much wept for the last week of camp nonstop. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he took his boys out into the woods one more time. You guys, God, this is gonna fly by so fast. I won't even. <laughs> it's just like I love you. Get away from me, you creep. <laughs> You know as a counselor that they will get so much more out of the summer if they come together. They can hit every bullseye in the archery range and they can overcome every fear at the waterfront, but they can't get everything out of camp that is there unless they have a really close bunk because that is something so special. It's unbelievable. There's nothing like it. Stay quiet. I think Rhett was trying to get our cabin to work a little bit too much, but then again, he wants to have it the same as first session, so I don't blame him. Four weeks goes by so fast, as some of you already know. I refuse to let you waste time. He definitely cried a lot more than, like, even Luna or anyone. Yeah, I mean, Luna was just, I mean, it's just, like, for Luna, it's just, like, another year. I mean. Yeah, she seems like an old vet at this point. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, this could have been her last year. Yeah. She seemed, like we talked about in part one, I mean, she seemed significantly older than even the other counselors right who knows how long she kept doing this but (sighs) yeah uh some of the campers could not come back apparently uh i think someone mentions that it was going to be their last year uh i think 15 is like the oldest you could be well dude think about your life at 15 i mean we really think about going to camp (laughs) no i'm just i'm no i'm just saying yeah i know you know what the situation was right, for some I know. of these people uh some of them you know could still have the option to come back i don't but we don't know you know who did or didn't yeah so pretty great show overall yeah i mean did you want to discuss the uh where are they now yeah um yeah. in addition to the episodes themselves being on youtube someone put together a <laughs> some legend bug juice season 1 where are they now video probably using a combination of facebook and myspace um i don't have confirmation on this but <laughs> i mean god forbid we ever do to the music research. of what like brian mcknight or something Who, what is no, that no, no, it's r kelly r kelly yeah uh yeah i believe i can fly yeah. um i don't have confirmation although you know i could look it up but i don't care that much <laughs> i think it was from 2008 which at this point now is getting to be a long time ago <laughs> yeah uh it was kind of a check-in on like what people were up to uh some updated pictures probably from social media or something uh disney themselves never did any kind of reunion or anything like that strangely enough (laughs) and like if you go on like various internet sources you can hear different people you know provide information (laughs) that they r.i.p stephanie (laughs) yeah a couple of some fake rumors rumors. (laughs) (laughs) uh that turned out to be not true uh the only ones, the ones that I saw were Stephanie and Caitlin, uh, both of which were not true. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of interesting to see how some of these people changed and where what <laughs> great colleges and great careers. Yeah, they yeah. Are into now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seems like everyone's pretty successful. Yeah, the big stories being uh, Sarah, the once kind of goofy, trying to find her way, girl seemingly found it <laughs> yeah um stephanie looks pretty much the same i mean an older version of yeah, the same yeah. girl that we saw at Waziata. right um which is fine yeah uh <laughs> i'm glad you approve sarah who lost out on the uh race for andy who by the way andy looks terrible dude Andy is just like it's like he looks like a 50 year old man and he was supposed to be in his 20s i mean like point. okay so if uh, Bug Juice season one is like Wet Hot American Summer, and then like the Where Are They Now video is Wet Hot American Summer, first day at camp. Andy is like the Michael Showalter. It is just like, dude, what happened? Yeah. He looks the most different yeah. as far as the guys. Right. Um, and not in a good way. Uh, but Sarah, on the other hand, woof. Wow. <laughs> Freaking smoke show. The uh, Ugly Duckling blossomed into the swan (laughs) (laughs) i mean 
if you want, not that I think anyone listening to this would actually go and watch all these episodes and get sucked <laughs> into this. Yeah. But if you watch some of the episodes and see what Sarah looks like at camp and then see what she looked like, you know, in 2008 or whenever that was, it's like, good Lord, what happened? <laughs> People from Wazziata just hanging themselves <laughs> seeing that, especially Andy, who would, you know, ooh. go on. Be, <laughs> just like, wow. And I mean, some of the other. Uh, people as well took some surprising turns. Like Caitlin lost all that weight and looks pretty. Yeah, good. she started doing like a lot of yoga. Found peace. Asa <laughs> just seemingly is a bum. Yeah, playing in works a band. at a coffee shop. Well, <laughs> as of two thousand eight. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah, some of these people might actually be dead. And by the way, I, we're just though. like pretending like this information is actually accurate. Yeah, we're taking this video's word for it that er- that whatever they're yeah. saying is completely true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when I was. When I was researching this uh, show, you know, for to do these podcasts, and I came across those death rumors, I, I had the reaction of like, if it, if it was true that Stephanie was actually dead, I think I would have called off from work the rest of the week. <laughs> I would have been so depressed. Yeah. yeah, and mind you, this was like the same day that like we found out like David Bowie died, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like on that level of like cultural significance. <laughs> it was way beyond yeah. and i'm a huge bowie fan right <laughs> i just don't know if i could have lived any yeah. longer <laughs> yeah i mean it, this show came along at like a good time because i was i'm approximately the same age i think as a lot of these campers and so when i was watching it uh on disney i was like well these people are like my age pretty much and like i you know i really kind of related to it closely and you were like the asa of life (laughs) (laughs) i was like the megan (laughs) yeah yeah i mean we didn't address the actual line of hers that's great but the just her reaction to when she kind of like shows up and she's like oh i she gets there like five minutes late but it's like everyone's already friends they've already formed their groups it's just like why even why even bother doing anything at all (laughs) which is just basically i mean when we first heard that line it was just like yeah the most relatable stance (laughs) um so yeah i mean it definitely had a big impact on me um granted it wasn't a show that i obviously thought about like i like i said before you know i, I had zero interest in seasons two and three so i kind of forgot all about it for a while and then right. for whatever reason rediscovered it on youtube last year and rewatched it and just was like man i i love the show i i loved it when i was a kid it still holds up for me <laughs> yeah it definitely holds up i definitely like the there's just something great though about like that time period and you know the time period's probably preceding it as well for, as far as like something like this like a summer camp because nowadays like the whole dynamic is probably so different yeah i mean these kids can be friends on facebook and they have cell phones that are always on the internet and snapchat and instagram same and everything discussion else. from <laughs> the like and back yeah the, like, I mean, it's yeah, just yeah. like there's no recurring theme <laughs> The emotions are so deadened, probably yeah. nowadays. Like it, we are it definitely just, in a time period where have people that same spark anymore. People are less real now. Yeah, and it's just like <laughs> that's true. Everyone's kind of just like a shell and walks around with their face buried in their phone all the time, and it's just kind of like I don't know. I don't know if kid like fourteen year old, thirteen year old, fifteen year old kids could like really that's true embrace camp the it way they did now, in ninety seven. Like Caitlin. I mean, she wouldn't have had the time of day for any of these dudes because she would be, like, still stealing dudes from Michigan, like, just on Facebook. I mean, I guess, like, they could try – I mean, I'm sure the cell service is not good there and whatever, and they could say that cell phones are banned. But, like, even still – No cell service in Maine whatsoever. I just think, like, even if they did ban cell phones and stuff, like, I I, I just think it's hard to, like, recapture this kind of feeling from, like – you know the pre-cell phone era like i just don't think the people are the same they react the same way to this kind of stuff right there'd be a lot less interest in water skiing and horses and adventure bound <laughs> trips people yeah just, although the interest in adventure bound trips even amongst the campers wasn't that great <laughs> like well yeah a lot of well, people trying to bail i think like one of the reasons and they don't really get into this in the show is like i think you know there probably were a lot of romances 
with other cabins and friendships with other cabins and they're like well, they saw what, what happened to gus they don't want to risk that weekend apart <laughs> well yeah it's like i don't want to like waste some of my precious camp time that's poor gus. constantly running out like grains of sand from an hourglass <laughs> like i i don't want to like leave for a couple of days because like a lot of my friends and you know my girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever are back there and we're already here camping everybody. we're already here camping why do we have to go camping somewhere else? yeah the camping within a camp yeah within a camp it's yeah, very yeah, like, like inception yeah <laughs> it's like that staircase it just doesn't make sense so hopefully we sold this show enough and people will be like oh i gotta check this out yeah and then they'll be like what is this like, this stinks <laughs> yeah. whatever it's good it's good innocent clean fun yeah all right not everything is havoc yeah <laughs> um but all right well that about wraps it up uh i think we're you can I'm a little bit sad <laughs> yeah. myself it's like we're letting go of something like a lot of the episodes that we do for this podcast, we just knock out the movie or whatever in a couple hours and that's it. But we had to spend some serious time yeah. watching all these episodes. And what a time it was. Getting invested in these characters and all the, over the drama. again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we'll be watching it it's again. Just, what well, what did you say the other day about it's like it just keeps going. Like we just Yeah, while you're watching it, when you're in the middle it, of these episodes and you're watching like it's it going over on a few right weeks, now. Like, yeah, you're like these kids are still fourteen. It's still the summer of ninety seven forever. Meanwhile, it was twenty years ago. <laughs> right. And I'm sure most of them really have moved on with their lives <laughs> way more than i have <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've got like an autograph picture of stephanie thanks for all the interest <laughs> yeah i mean i wish i could like write some fan mail <laughs> to some of these like at least to sarah and be like you know it all worked congratulations. out congratulations yeah <laughs> <laughs> congratulations for winning um in the long run right all right so uh We'll probably do a couple movies and then maybe we'll try another show at some point you know try mm-hmm. some other new stuff check us out on podbean whatever <laughs> whatever our podbean address is i don't know I mean, we'll start posting like, episodes at some point yeah i mean this is kind of like a private show really. yeah, yeah, yeah i mean we're not really trying that hard to get the word out there it's mostly for us yeah <laughs> All right, I guess that's all we have to say about Bug Juice. See you next time. We even got a jet plane. It's all all about getting ready to say goodbye. I think what I miss about camp mostly is campfires. You know, that's where everybody came together, like sing songs. That was really a bonding time for everybody. Our wish is to stay tight. Respect each other's differences and get along.